0: Okay, let's try this again. Hello, my name is Jake Kerr, I'm from Black Ink, and this is podcast number 22. I just recorded 25 minutes of a podcast, the dog started barking, I cracked the shits. And like, when I say I cracked the shits, like, it was all good, it was like two minutes after, when I just couldn't get back on track, I had no idea what I was talking about. I mean, fuck's sake, it's literally eight o'clock in the morning on Thursday, and I cannot put two fucking sentences together. But, I'm gonna try again, we'll start from scratch, so. As you know, my name is Jake Kerr. You're already here, this is a Black Ink podcast. If you are a long time listener, thank you, keep listening. I keep releasing these just for you. If you're a first time listener, welcome, welcome, okay? Normally I don't rant on about the fact that I've just tried to record a podcast and couldn't do it, so now I'm going again. But here we are. i tell you what, I, uh, I'm real excited because this morning I came across this uh, this T-shirt, which I completely forgot I had cool as fuck but the thing is i was wearing harley shit like before it was cool hang on i was embarrassed about wearing harley shit before it was cool like for the longest time i've questioned like whether i'm the sort of guy can wear it that can wear a harley belt buckle the answer is yes by the way anyone can wear anything they want that's the reality of wearing clothes and being a fucking human it's these social like categorizing ideas that we put ourselves in that we say oh well You know you don't even skateboard you shouldn't be wearing a thrasher shirt it's like dickhead they sell shirts to everyone so this isn't on me it's on thrasher i guess and this it's the same for fucking belt buckles you can wear any belt buckle that goes at the end of your belt and holds your pants up you know but with that said man i was wearing harley shit i was riding harleys before they were cool for this like i'm not saying before they were cool obviously harleys have been cool like the kind of circle and click that i've been running in forever but like society hasn't really accepted harleys until like the last fucking i would say five years anyone can really just i mean anyone has been able to go down the harley shop and buy one but you're getting real soft cock pencil pushing pushes riding harleys now it's just like dude okay whatever sweet you know what i mean i hope you have fun on your fucking sporty 500 and like also nothing against them it's just like it used to be just the Darrow kids at parties that were wearing the fucking hand-me-down Harley tops that they got from their brothers or their old man and now it's like chicks wear cut-off crop fucking Harley tops with their underboob hanging out with like the model of their fucking boyfriend's Harley tattooed under one of their tits. Like honestly, when did they get this cool? I bought, I actually got this tee and a bunch of other tees when the Harley shop in Bunbury closed down. I remember the guys telling me like, hey come next week, first thing in the morning, because we're going to be selling all of our stock for like $5 each. So I went and got hoodies and hoodies and t-shirts and all sorts of shit. And man, went fucking bananas on it. It was great. I think I spent like 150 bucks and walked out of there with four massive bags. I even got this cup there. How cool is that? I didn't even plan that either. And the fucking, dude, how's the vest on it? Everything that I get that's crazy, I was talking about this to my mom yesterday. Everything cool that I own, honestly, all the cool shit that I own besides black ink all comes from the salvos. All I do is just hound the salvos all the time and try and get like cool little steals. This is the thing. You can go into salvos and get a full outfit, but that happens like once in a blue moon where the whole outfit is fucking cool. Most of the time, you just get little bits and pieces and you always have to be diligent and know before you go in the sort of thing that you're looking for. Because walking in and seeing something that's super cool and you really like weren't anticipating buying a new jacket today or you weren't really in the mood to buy new shoes or whatever, but you find something that takes your fancy so much that you can't help yourself but buy it, that only happens once in a blue moon too. What I do is I go like, right, I wear black t-shirts, I wear black jeans, I wear black shoes, and I know what size I am in all of those. So the first thing I do when I go to the salvos is check those things. Are there any dark jeans? And also... The really hard part is, and this is for guys and girls, you have to try shit on there. The thing is, you're at the Salvos. You're in a mixed bag of people's secondhand shit, and just because, you know, it says Levi 34, that doesn't mean it's necessarily gonna be a 34 Levi. That means go and try them on. If they fit, they fit, and if they don't, they don't. That's like that's the luck of the draw and you can't be like, oh have we got these in blue? Oh, have we got these in a size smaller? No motherfucker, you've got what's there, you know? <laughs> if if you if it's not what you want. You literally have to keep searching until you find what you want. Go to the Sammy's, go to the Vinnie's, go to the fucking local op shop, rah, rah, rah. But basically my whole wardrobe, everything that I combine with black ink is from the Salvos. Like this is the crazy part. So in front of me, I have my shoes, just going through them. I've got a pair of like leather Crocs that I, (laughs) also without seeing them and saying leather Crocs, they sound like they would be so shit because Crocs are already pretty average. But I got my leather Crocs. I got a pair of RM Williams with the heels in dark tan, like literally brand new from the Salvos for $25. Like literally took them home, gave them a dust, polished them a few times. These things are fucking immaculate. And you pull the soles out of them. They still smell brand new. There's no wear and tear on them. $25, boom. I got a pair of half cab Doc Martens, the lace-ups that I wear fucking every second day. They were like brand new. I think I paid $30 for those. Literally like... What else have I got over there? Oh, I got a pair of those, um, no, those, those fucking, I'm pretty sure I bought those brand new, but I mean like Doc Martens, Rossi Williams, and like my current Levi jeans that I wear at the moment, my like skinny leg black jeans that I always wear, got them like basically brand new condition, $10 at the Sammys. Like it just happens over and over. And I mean, shit like this. I mean, you see, you see something like this with the fucking <laughs> wool on the, dude, how can you not buy this? I think this was like five bucks. If I never wear it, it's still an investment. Do you understand? If I'm going fishing and I'm a little cold and I want to be gay about it, I have this vest. You understand? How cool is that? So I literally have got, I've got these like four fucking hundred liter tubs full of clothes that need to be hung up and probably washed and steamed to fully appreciate. But just like one off, don't bark, Louie, don't bark. She's got to do it again. Louie, 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 you get back in your seat. Louie. Hey, come on. Lou dog. Louie dog. Louie, get back in your seat, please. I'm recording a podcast, a second one. Thank you, ma'am. All of my cool shit I got from the Salvos and those boxes. Now that I have, I, I said this in one of the earlier podcasts from when I moved into the house, but I kind of want to get all those clothes on display so I can appreciate them and And I don't know, be inspired by them and wear them. You know what I mean? Like I would love to wear all crazy shit on the podcast all the time. That'd be fun. I've kind of been trying to just rotate through um, black ink tops and I've all, and like, obviously you get to a point where I've done 22 episodes now and wearing something different all the time just isn't possible because there isn't that much black ink, but I, um, but yeah, just cool to wear different stuff and also like stuff that no one else has you know that's like part of the essence of what black ink is creating clothes that not everybody has so that when you buy something off me it's like you see someone else wearing black ink you're like do you know jake do you know like you know what i mean And i'm sorry if that sounds real pretentious that's just i like that part of my business you know what i mean i like that i feel like i'm talking about it every fucking second podcast now but i just love the community you know i love the the idea that people are coming together in the name of black ink but the fact is they're coming together you know it's so cool. I, um, yeah. And also, isn't it fun to like, I like just being in the op shop. Like consider that when you're in the op shop, everything that you see in there, no matter whether you deem it valuable or not, it's eventually going to get sold or taken or worn or something by someone. There's going to be a transaction that occurs for the majority of the stuff that you see in the salvos, which means that somebody values what is in those shops. And the wild part is, At one point in the existence of everything that exists in in those shops, somebody loved it enough to pay for it themselves, and then didn't love it enough to give it away for free. Or maybe they had just enough love for that thing to say, I don't want to throw this thing out, but I don't want it in my life anymore. So let's give it to someone who can enjoy it in another way, you know, even though there's like Salvos is kind of the middleman who takes your money and uses that money for other things. But yeah, it's just so crazy to think that like somebody didn't, somebody was done with this, you know, who the fuck would be done with this at what point of their life? When did you buy this? When did you think this was a good choice? And then when did you think that this was no longer a good choice? That's my question to whoever owned this before me, you know, dude, you see me out in a plastic boat in the ocean with a three horsepower outboard wearing this, dude, you know, I'm an experienced fisherman. And the truth is. I'm not an experienced fisherman. It's just a vest. You know what I mean? (laughs) The last podcast I came in, the one that I recorded before and cracked the shits with, I came in too hot. That's what it was. I started at like 7.30 in the morning and dude, you just like the computer hasn't spent enough time loading. You know what I mean? At 7.30 in the morning, I've been up for so many hours, I've been interacting with so many people on, on fucking Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the rest, and I'm just like, I just need time to fucking chill, you know. Even yesterday I had a nap, because I, I like, I nap, you know how you have like afternoon naps, or sometimes I like to nap in the morning, so I like I go back to bed at say like 8 o'clock or something and sleep until 9.30, and then you wake up after that and it feels like you've just woken up from a sleeping and you're like, ah, I've got the whole day ahead of me and I've also done five hours of work before that happens. So. It's kind of a fun little hack, but the uh, what was gonna, oh, but the thing is like before that nap, like I, yesterday when I had my morning nap, I kind of wanted to, or I, I wanted to get my podcast done and out of the way. And as it turns out, I ended up having a nap and then job, 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 ended up doing it at like two thirty in the afternoon. And by the way, recorded an absolute fucking banger. If you didn't listen to episode 21, stop this, go back, listen to episode 21. I had so much fun. I literally like rewatched probably 15 minutes of it in parts this morning. And just like from literally the first second, I'm just on a fucking roll. I'm happy to be there. I'm having fun. I'm throwing out these wild ideas. And in a way, I kind of got a bit nervous during it because I was hitting so many big topic heads that I was like, how do I scoop this back around at the end and make it all relevant to itself and still deliver value to the audience? You know, there was just so much shit going on and somehow I made it work. So. And even through shots at that, the, that Perth podcast of those two dudes, man, if you guys saw that, I'm not, I'm not even sorry. I'm fucking accurate. You know what I mean? It's only my insecurities that make me not want to say it. And now that I've said it, dude, the whole point is to offer value, right? I guess if you've got listeners, then fuck me. What do I know? You know, honestly, like if, if you, I mean, I've got 44 subscribers. What the fuck do I know? You know, but also man, what is value? you know? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch it. It's like 38 minutes into yesterday's podcast, Black Ink podcast number 21. I think the title is Your Job as a Human or something, which Your Job as a Human. I was on Instagram this morning and man, this pissed me off. So I was on my, uh, I think it's like Passionate Income or something, which is an Instagram page. They talk about like, building value as a human and being able to like monetize your dreams and it's kind of like an inspirational financial sort of page. And there was this, there's this trend at the moment where people make these videos where it's two versions of themselves and they're dressed in different outfits and they have like a conversation with themselves backwards and forwards. So it's like, Oh, what did you do today? Oh, I didn't do anything today. What did you do today? That sort of thing, but obviously with context, but This dude was basically having a conversation with himself based around the idea that he was kind of conflicting with the idea that you have to have a job, you know? And like, I thought it was going to lead to like, no, you don't have to have a job. You can actually start your own interest and monetize that. Or you can like, there's a whole different, like there's, there's heaps of different ways that you can make money and live and create means for yourself, but It just kind of got to this point where it was showing his like kind of dismay for having to have to like give energy in return for money. And most of the time, the energy that you give is going to be doing something that you don't particularly like or you're not perhaps 100% passionate about. But like, what the fuck? Like, that's the whole point. You know, I'm not saying that you're on this earth to do something you don't like doing, but there's definitely like space to admit that you have to do something with your day. And I've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but I'll reiterate It's essential to have some sort of responsibility, some sort of tethering to your day. When you wake up, you need to have something that you need to achieve because mulling around, doing the shit, like doing nothing at all, you know, playing video games, smoking weed and all the rest, dude, it's cool, but it's got a fucking expiry date. There's no fiber to it. There's nothing in it that makes you want to be more and do more and achieve more. And in that, in, you don't stay at zero, you end up slipping back. There's something about the human experience that's it's so nice when we achieve something. It's so nice when we set a goal and we get it done, whether it's something we want to do in an hour's time or something we want to do in a year's time. And we chip away at it every day. There's something so human about that. When you take a look at the bigger picture, humans essentially have been setting goals and achieving them whether as individuals or teams for as long as existence. And that's why I have the ability to fucking sit here in front of a, a square piece of like metal and glass and computer chips and share my thoughts with the internet in fucking real time, you know what I mean? Like I know this isn't live but the different, you know, I'm gonna stop this, upload it, fucking bang and you can watch it. That's because we've been setting ourselves goals for as long as we've been able to fucking realize what a goal is. and. To not have a job or to have some sort of like anguish against the idea of having this responsibility or task, it's childish. I wouldn't say it's immature, it's childish because it's as if you're coming in negligent of like basic information of what the human experience is. It's like, if you don't want to do anything, in reality, what do you want to do? You know, are you saying you just want to stay in bed all day? Okay. Okay. Well, let's play this out. You want to stay in bed all day? And is it a nice bed, is it comfy, right? Cool, Are oh, you got a blanket and you got a pillow? Have you got walls around you and a window so that people can't fuck with you? Have you got a toilet and a bathroom? And when you get hungry, have you got a kitchen where you can make food? And is there food in that kitchen, right? Now, just in case you're not following, every single one of those things require money. Every single one of them, right? Now, let's pretend that that money is paid for by someone else, it's not even your problem. So what do you do, you lay in bed, Okay, cool. What do you got? You got a game to play? How many games do you have to play? You have all the games to play, right? But eventually, you're going to get to a point where you get sick of that, right? Maybe you've even got an internet connection. You play live with people. So maybe you don't get sick of it. Well, let's just say you're a normal person and you get sick of doing the same thing every day. Just sitting in bed, eating Cheerios, fucking playing games. Maybe you're eating the food that you want all the time. You're going to get to a certain point where it's like, but there's something more than this, right? Like, it actually, there's no real position that you can be comfortable in for the whole time. Like eating great food eventually gets old when you start feeling the guilt of like realizing that, oh, if I keep eating this, my body gets big and my body struggles to operate and I die eventually, you know, that's, that's like what the human mind does to you, makes you realize these things. Even if you have your phone, you get to a point where you like, get so kind of intimidated by social media that you want to have something to, to put back into the world. You want to have your say, you want to have photos of you, but you're just in bed doing nothing. I just don't understand this idea of, like, even the fucking getting the dull lifestyle. Like, what do you do besides, like, pretend, like... Is this a thing? Do you live in such a world of disillusionment that you think that you've got things going on based around the little dramas that are going on in your life and highlighting them into massive situations? Like, I just don't understand what the idea of doing nothing is. And when you allow yourself to get deep into doing something, that's where all the fruit is. Like... It's that getting addicted to success that I always talk about. It's like you start having a win and you're like, well, what does a bit bigger win feel like? Or what happens when I have three wins in a day? Or what happens when I put all my energy and I try and get heaps of shit done in a day? How do I feel at the end of it? And all of a sudden, there's this like, it's like the first time you have sugar, you just want more. Well, I want to keep moving forward so much so that when you don't move forward as fast as you'd like, you start feeling like lesser than. So you put in more energy, you know? And I feel like this argument of, oh, I want to, I want to fucking just do nothing and have all my bills paid for and all that. Cool, man. Like that has such an expiry date that you will eventually want to fucking get more for yourself for the sake of just having it for yourself. Even if it isn't for owning the thing, it's for you knowing that you have the ability to do a thing that can be traded for something that you want. I feel like I'm I'm out on a real skinny ledge here and I'm barely making a point, but there's, there's something that I really don't appreciate in people who don't want to do things because when you start to accept that things is the goal, then you get to choose what thing you're going to do. And then you get to be really fucking good at it. And you get to a point where you're hanging out to do your work. You get to a point where you record 25 minutes of a podcast and it doesn't quite sit right with you because you said a few things wrong. You get angry, you turn it off and you start again and you're excited to start again. You're excited to see how much better you can do it because this is a thing that you want to be doing for 44 fucking subscribers, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I guess this is, I mean, it's like a yin and yang thing, you no, know? it has to be us to be them, I guess. Oh, with With the idea of doing nothing though, I do appreciate it. I appreciate in a sense, like I saved up heaps of money, bought myself a caravan and wanted to get to a position where I could just spend time just living in a caravan, having the experience of like what life is in a caravan. But then I kind of, you also get to a point where like, there's only so many times you can wake up and get excited to, oh, come on, let's go for a drive and go to Macca's and get our coffee, you know, and then you get back and then you both, you know, I'm talking about obviously the situation I had, I had, you know, you scroll on Instagram for a bit and you're like, oh, let's watch a movie on Netflix and you watch a movie and then it's just after lunch. Oh, well, let's make some lunch again. You make some lunch together and then you you know, maybe you take the fucking boat out for a little cruise in the afternoon and all the rest, and it's just like, man, it honestly does get old. It gets to a certain point where you're just like, okay, it's only where, I mean, the, probably the step between doing something that makes money and not doing anything at all is doing the things that you love doing, but normally the things you love doing involve like a community or some sort of financial input. Like, that's say it's riding your push bike, you get to a certain point where it's like, this is really fun by myself, I would love to do this with another person, And also, maybe I'd love to do this with a bit better push bike, or I'd love to go riding on that place far over there, which I need a car to get to. You get to a point where it's like the actual life of doing nothing, having no responsibility is just like, it's fruitless, you know? Oh man, I've got a butcher bird eating fucking caterpillars right out my door. Man, butcher birds are so cool. So cool. They're like the the cousin of a magpie, hey? We just like, damn, what's up? You know, they're just fucking, they're nice. But yeah, I, uh, even when, like, I actually, I gave myself, I think it was like six weeks or something, like, in the middle of having a job, I just, uh, I was casual, I was earning decent money, and like, I had money behind me, I had my rent and shit paid for, so I was like, I'm just going to take, like, I think it was a month, and it turned into six weeks, but I said to my boss, like, I'm going to be gone for a month, I'll I'll be back, and he's like, all right, where are you going? I said, I'm just going to stay home, I just want to see what it's like having nothing to do. And you know what's funny? Like when I had nothing to do, I found myself waking up by a particular time, making sure that I still ticked a whole bunch of like boxes before I got to a certain point during the day. And then like, meaning like making sure that I had broken a sweat before eight o'clock, making sure I had drunk 500 meals before six o'clock, making sure that I had written for half an hour, I would read for half an hour, and I had um, meditated for half an hour all before nine o'clock. So it's like I still had this routine of things that I was achieving, even though it wasn't necessarily anything that I was swapping for money. It's funny, the thing that I maintained through taking responsibility away from myself was giving myself responsibility to make sure that I stay on path. Doesn't that say something? Might just say that I'm extremely fucking disciplined, I don't know. Dude, how's the lighting in here? Oh my God, the sun is just reflecting off the top of my briefcase, which I looked at, and uh, it's just lighting up that skin, something lovely, huh? That's a nice, boy. Also, been uh, trying to work on. I'm. I'm not sure how how much I've actually said about um, what I've got going on behind the scenes at the moment. But I'm now getting excitingly close to uh, purchasing the new kind of uh, the new thing that I need for to, to step up with Black Ink. I'm in a really interesting uh, point of the business where I could continue to keep doing things the way that I'm doing them, probably for like another six months. But I, uh, after a conversation with a good friend of mine who was also in the industry, um, basically I've just seen this like massive opportunity to um, expand. I spoke I spoke the other day about um, creating these, like I've been trying to go pretty wide with Black Ink for the past six months and now I'm just gonna focus on moving forward. So I've kind of established all these like foundational platforms that Black Ink is gonna grow off given like the website, Instagram, YouTube, the podcast, Facebook, um, TikTok, and like allowing myself to now just grow off them. But um, kind of the information that I got given the other day is so exciting, because it's like another pillar of um, potential income. And also just something that's super cool. Like, if I achieve this, what I'll be able to say about Black Ink for me is super fun. It's super like, it's almost like a, a point that it's like, yeah, I got a brand and did that with it, you know? So I'm working, I'm working out some, um, as I spoke about yesterday, I'm just kind of pressure testing all the, all the um, what, what do you call it? Like how much everything costs. So like how cost effective I can get this process. And if it's something that can work, I'm just about ready to, to dive in head first. So that's super exciting. I'm just hoping that I can sell my caravan um, as soon as possible. I've got a little XR2 Ford Capri 1992 convertible with two blue racing stripes. I've had it sitting in a carcoon for the past... I don't know year and a half or something and I just want to pull that out clean it up sell that as well not that I need all of that money to go to the next stage but I just kind of want to have enough I want to have a nice healthy pool of money that Black Ink can just kind of like as I make decisions as soon as like because one it's one of those decisions that once I take the first step there's no point taking the first step unless you're going to keep kind of like attacking 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 and at the first stage it's basically building a whole lot of inventory or inventory goods that allow me to produce more and holding on to them and then marketing myself in a way that you make use of all of that inventory really effectively so that's what i'm saying there's a lot of like back-end planning there's a lot of like equations that I kind of have to find the answers for now before I get myself in a situation where it could be detrimental finding out that oh that cost heaps more because of this whatever it may be I'm just gonna look Louie Louie don't even look at the truck it's all good Louie hey it's the bin truck and because it's tipping the recycle thing it's like cans and bottles so it throws her off a bit Lou dog look at me oh you're beautiful hey I know you'll be fine you'll be fine Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting time, but it's also a very like, you know, I, I, I bought that caravan with so many great plans and so much, so many big ideas. And it was just like, I really character, I really like identified through the fact that I was someone who was young and owned a caravan and went camping all the time and did all the rest. And I feel like I've exercised that part of my brain so much by living in a caravan for so long that now getting rid of it, it's. I'm excited about it and I feel guilty for being excited about it because it's like this thing that you used to love so much. It's as if I got to a point one day where I sold my Harley because I was excited to get the money and do something else with it. It's like now I'm selling my caravan so you can take that money and do something with Black Ink. And another part of me is like, yeah, that's because I'm really fucking excited about Black Ink. Would I sell my Harley to benefit Black Ink? Probably not because I feel like it's more of an asset to, my, to me, my mental health and my business. And it kind of ties into the whole black ink image, you know, but getting off track, just having the ability to make quick, cause at the moment, like I'll admit I'm in a financial situation where I, um, if I make a decision, it's usually followed by the problem of, and the, you know, solving the problem of how can I find a way to afford this? Whereas if I, I know if I got rid of my caravan and my car, it kind of puts me in a position where I can just attack as I need to attack and do things as I need to do do them, and not really have any kind of like holdbacks about it, if that makes sense. So I'm working on that piece by piece. Um, I'm if if this comes to fruition, it also means that the uh, the the variety of things that Black Ink is going to be able to offer in one way is going to be narrowed but in another way is going to be absolutely blown out of proportion so I'm super excited to bring really unique clothing to the website, to my, to my Instagram and, and hopefully to fucking onto people's backs and, and just being worn at cool places and all the rest so I, I'm fucking absolutely pumped about that. I, uh, I think I've done it again. I've got to the 25 minute mark and I feel like I haven't added enough value to the podcast so I'm really like doubting the whole thing. Might just be the day for it. Cool we'll soldier on. But oh, sorry. <clears throat> it's cool. I uh, I did speak about this the other day. I'm finding now that I have more time to really relax into black ink. I'm not I'm not kind of chasing my tail. I'm not trying to do a whole heap of shit. I feel like now I can just like I get I get a problem and I can work on it long enough that I solve the problem and then I can put it to bed and move on to another one. It was really difficult living in the caravan because I always felt like I was starting things or even just having a good idea and not even having, like, the ability to write it down somewhere where I'd be able to reflect on it later. Like, everything was written on pieces of paper. Those pieces of paper end up in a stack of papers. And, of course, you never read any of them because it's like reading something that fucking chickens have, have written with their claws in the mud, you know. But now it's just simpler. I have all my whiteboards set up. I allow myself to take time to do things like mentally prepare myself for phone calls, which as bizarre as it sounds is really important. So I know that what I'm going to say before I say it, and I don't embarrass myself with some silly question or whatever it might be. But it's such a, I just feel like now I have a, um, I have a responsibility to justify the the space that I'm in, to justify like the fact that I put myself in a position where now I have to find this rent money and I have to like, really like, it's like a dependency that my life has on me now is to, is to like be able to maintain myself financially. So obviously I think moving forward, one of the biggest things is to appreciate there is no strain, you know, like even though that money has to come from somewhere at a certain time on a certain day, it's not having any sort of, well, I've got to get good at this because now this thing depends on me. As I was saying in my previous podcast, that it really doesn't matter about what financial uh, responsibility you have. Stay true to the task and stay true to the to the vision and you'll find that that money will appear somewhere. You know, it's not really like a, I'm, I'm worried because I won't be able to find the money to pay for rent even though I don't have it right now. It's like between now and when rent is due, we've got so much shit that can potentially happen, you know. Also, if you are from Bunbury and you were listening to this before the weekend, Come and see me on Sunday. Find out where the big coffee van is because I'm going to be slinging fucking group handles around like no one's business because I am working for, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is the big coffee van, but I'm in the little little coffee van for Belinda. So come and say hello. I'm going to post all over my Instagram where I am. So if you if you see that, come and say hello. It must be at some event or something for, for it to be the small coffee van. I'm not 100% sure, but as I said, I'll promote the fuck out of it on my on all my pages. So come down and say hello. Hello. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm at the big coffee van location on Old Coast Road. So come and get a coffee. Come say hello. I'm sure there's going to be heaps of people that I know already. I'm going to be repping black ink. I'm going to be giving out fucking black ink stickers left, right, and center. And and also, there's half a dozen people out there that I owe a pair of socks to. If you are one of them, they are on their way. And if you are not one of them... Get ready because I'm going to have socks for sale very soon. They're at their final days of production. Uh, I've got my samples and everything. They look great. So next thing is going to be getting them, taking some the photos. I'm chucking them up on the Instagram page and people can buy the fuck out of them because they're cool as shit. In my opinion, I'm excited about them. I'm super stoked to bring them to market and more so I'm excited that this is kind of the first thing that I've made that is outside the, the realm of easy shit to make. Like, appreciate that what I do pretty much anyone can do because it's just putting things on garments that already exist. Now, these socks, we actually had to start from the ground up and make them. And while it's a really basic garment to make, it's super easy to get a production company on board and do this, it is kind of like, well, I guess the hockey jerseys were the first thing that that are made from the ground up. So, yeah. The hockey jerseys were number one. The hockey jerseys, because I've done them before, I didn't really find it to, to be too stressful. So. The socks are a fun little, the fun little tester for me, you know. See how I went. I want to see how uh, how my audience responds. I want to see what customers are keen on them. So, if you are someone who wears socks, I don't know if you wear shoes regularly, but socks go really well with shoes. I'm gonna have some some socks for sale soon. I'm sure they will look good on you. Okay, so socks on the way. But more uh, more importantly, and more urgently, I finally have fucking stickers again now. I'm going to be doing sticker packs for anyone and everyone who orders them obviously with every order you get a handful of stickers and a little thank you note for me so I think there's a few people I've got to backtrack through my orders and send them some stickers because I ran out like two weeks ago and didn't order anymore until like fucking Monday so I'm gonna be sussing them out today if you would like some stickers comment on this send me a DM anything just let me know that you want some I'll send them out to you free of charge I'll pay for the postage everything I just want people fucking repping these stickers and I'm seeing them ending up in really cool places. I have noticed if you ride a motorbike, all of my horizontal stickers seem to fit really well, whether it's the tall one or the short one on the swing arms. They're like the exact right size for a Dyna swing arm. The um, box globe sticker, the one that uh, off the uh, box globe T, they're exactly the right dimension for a swing arm. Just saying, if you wanted to put it on your motorbike, that's a good spot. And if you've got those, um, fuel caps, the, the ones that are the flush tank fuel caps, my circular stickers are exactly the same size as the top of them. So if you've got a sporty that runs the fuel, um, fuel cap in the center, they're perfect. So if you see life of Jesse on Instagram, he runs a black ink sticker on that fuel cap. Literally, it looks like it's made for it. It's unreal. So super exciting. I'm going to have them back in stock, going to be giving them out like no one's business. And that's going to be the fucking highlight of my Thursday. Oh, actually, I am also doing so, I'm doing a few cool things today. I'm sending some stock out to some guys in, uh, in the US, just some more blokes who do wheelies on motorbikes and fucking kill it on the weekends. Also, I'm gonna be donating some chickens to Milligan House. So, I used to, this is, this is interesting, I'm so puffed. I'm sorry, give me a moment. Oh, right. But I used to uh, make coffee for the ladies at Milligan House, the ladies behind the counter. And then on Thursdays, I used to make coffees for, there was like a group of uh, 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 older women that would all take their sewing machines and they would all do sewing and patchwork and all sorts of things together for a few hours. Um, But yeah, somebody heard something about them needing chickens on the radio and I just called them up and had a conversation and they said they wanted the chickens. I know someone who wants to get rid of some chickens, so I'm going to go down there and deliver them today. I'm super excited. We're going to get some content for tomorrow, so keep posted, and and actually for today, because I'm not releasing this till Friday, and I'll probably be making that video. Yeah, so today, for you, right now, that video will be live. Go and check it out. Me delivering some uh, black Australorbe chickens to Milligan House, which is super exciting. So doing that today, and I kind of wanted to go to Perth for a Perth outdoor rollerblading pizza night skate, but... The weather is not in my favor, you know, just continuously have wanted to go for that for like three months, but it seems to only rain on bloody Thursday nights. So if anyone from Perth out to Rollerblade is watching, I apologize. I want to be there. I really do. I just, um, coming from Bunbury, I need to, I need a real bloody definite, uh, good weather sort of forecast. And also how good is it now that days are getting longer again? So those skates are going to be bloody unreal. And I'm super keen to put together a cycle and skate for Bunbury residents so we can all get together. And I'd love like the ideal situation for me would be going and getting like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say ice cream or something, but I'd love to like do the skate and cycle and end up somewhere that sells cool food. You know what I mean? Like, like I would love it if we all ended up at bucks or something. Cause it's just like a cool location. That's like easy food, easy environment. It's not like a yuppie sort of space where, yeah. If you don't know Bucks, it's like a Vietnamese run kind of, I think it's just like a restaurant, maybe. It's just like a little corner thing and they've got like a, not a limited menu, but it's just like everything you'd you'd expect, burgers, palmies and all the rest. Everything is really appropriately priced, big meals, everything comes quickly. The coffee's half decent, so it's like such an easy location to go to. I mean, you go up the road to, I mean, I don't want to name anything that I'm going to bag out, but some of the places you can go and spend 30 bucks and get half a meal and the coffee's not any better. I don't understand that. I mean, sure, there are places where you can go and spend that that little bit extra on money and you get the extra quality, but man, especially especially these pubs now, like what the fuck happened to a pub meal being a decent price and actually being a decent feed? Now you've lost both of those things. A pub meal is expensive and normally just shithouse. You don't have to recreate the chicken palm. It already works. You don't have to do a deconstructed fucking Caesar salad. Just do the salad. You know what I mean? And man, if the chips aren't insane and if the gravy doesn't taste like mother's milk, then you honestly don't deserve to be selling food at your pub. That's how the shit works. Like, it's not that hard. Just keep the beer that everybody wants to drink on tap. And then also just make food that is pub food that is fucking pub food. Don't try and make cafe food. uh, Don't make cafe theme style food out of pub food menus. You know what I mean? Like don't fucking dress it up. It should be shit on a plate because I'm in a pub, you know? It just, I don't know. I don't know. I spent my life, you know, Growing up with, with mum and dad in pubs, I mean, I, I'm, I'm that old now that, you know, when I used to sit in a pub as a kid, I remember cunts still being able to smoke at the bar, you know? It's not like, uh, it's definitely not like that anymore. It's a complete opposite. People go to, go to a pub for a restaurant feed. And I feel like they forget the original allure of going to a pub was it was simple food. You didn't have to dress up to go there because the fact is like, only pissheads went there, you know? And now, it's like you walk into a pub and if you don't have closed-in shoes on, people look at you like you're a pisshead. Bruh, this is a pub, you know? This isn't a restaurant. You need to calm down. And I know you just spent $60 on a steak, but that's your fault, not mine, you know? It's your fault. It's yours. I, uh, I probably have some sort of... um. Like, I, I don't have a problem with pubs or anything. I guess I just have, like, a problem overall with drinking. I just think, and, and, like, also, I know, I know exactly what I did. I've already brought it up, but, like, said I didn't like drinking. I went out that night, got drunk, and then came back the next day and recorded a podcast, hungover and expected everyone to be fucking suckling on my teeth for information like I'm the god of fucking truthfulness. I know I fucked up, but, dude... When what other situation is a sticky floor and somewhere that smells like piss and vomit all right, like actually, you know, and people hang out the whole week to go there on a Friday and Saturday night, just doesn't make heaps of sense. And also actually I had a chat with with someone the other day and he was saying he enjoys the feeling of being drunk, not drunk drunk. It's like he enjoys the feeling of being on the way to drunk. And that I kind of understood that made that, that like resonated with me so much in a sense because I feel like the relationship that I have grown to appreciate like what I take out of smoking um, and I'm talking about smoking artificial marijuana, what I take out of that is like I appreciate that it puts me in a certain state of mind that allows me like to be comfortable in how I think and I think there is a lot of sense in understanding that someone finds that same comfort in the process of getting drunk, right? So when I talk about my dismay for drinking, a lot of it comes from the act of what you're doing is drinking this thing. Like I drink this coffee to get the caffeine, but the actual part of drinking it, I don't enjoy that much. I don't like how the, I don't really like drinking milk in general. It leaves a fuck taste in your mouth. The smell's even worse. But the fact is that caffeine makes you feel a particular way. So you do the damn thing, you know? And the thing about, Alcohol is, is it's not just like, it's a thing that you're like, oh yeah, I guess I can taste the milk or whatever. It's like alcohol literally tastes like poison as it's entering your mouth, when it's on your lips, when like, if you take a shot, I mean, most people, like 99% of people have the thing afterwards. That's because your body is automatically reacting to like wet fire going down your throat because you shouldn't be fucking swallowing it. That's the problem that I have. But when he said he likes the feeling of being on the way to drunk. It's like that Dutch courage stage. It's where you start like... It's like the process of losing your inhibitions rather than actually having lost them, you know? I understand that. I do understand it. I don't relate to it and I don't I don't like say, yeah, that's what I get out of it. That's the part that I like as well. But I do understand that I was speaking to someone in that moment who's had the conversation with himself like, well, what's actually going on here? What am I looking for and what am I getting? And this is it. Do I like it? Yes, I do. So I replicate that feeling. I understand that. A habitual drunk, I don't understand. That doing it because I enjoy the flavor of it, I don't understand. I think there are things you come to like and adapt yourself to. But realistically, there's, I don't know. I've already had this conversation with you. By the way, do you like how I'm building, eventually building all this shit around here? I got a fucking, a nitrous canister. I don't know unopened as well that's a fucking who keeps an unopened nitrous canister yeah I got my little rock whistle just here yeah Louie hates that hey but yeah I just um starting to find some cool stuff so I thought you know I think this is why I've been collecting these little random bits and pieces my whole life of this sort of shit so that one day when I have a podcast I can put it all in the bench in, in front of me you know how's that so while I was um when I was about nineteen, twenty, I had I had this group of three friends, and we were all real tight—Lucky, um, Steve, Alex, and myself—and we used to fucking ride fixies, and I would skate, and we'd just just really like aware, intelligent young blokes. We all, and like I was the youngest of all of them, and like these guys, just I don't know—we we enjoy smoking weed, coffee, playing dice, playing cards, riding our push bikes. It was all like real hands-on sort of stuff, and like these boys all appreciated what I was doing with Black Ink. They all appreciated. Like they they all had things of their own going on. We all came, we all brought something to the table. It was really fun, really fun kind of like part of my 20s and late teens that I appreciate. But one of the cool cool things that those guys gave me was they had all traveled together before and they all played this, this dice game, which is where you have five dice, three is worth nothing and everything else is worth face value, it's face value you have to take a dice every time you roll and you can take more than one dice if you want. And then at the end you add up your score and whoever has the lowest score wins. So essentially, you know, you need five dice and you just keep rolling until all the dice are gone. Um, one person rolls all the di- keeps rolling until all the dice are gone. And then whatever number they have minus the threes, because three is worth nothing. That's what their score is. And then everybody does that and whoever has the lowest score wins. And, That has been a game that I've taken with me all over the world when I've traveled as well. It's a game that I've used to like settle arguments and debates. And it's something that just fucking, it's just so simple. Five dice and you can play. And I remember when I had the coffee van, I told, I told, uh, actually the lady who I bought the coffee van off, it was her son. I told her about this dice game. And I remember him like, he he was one of those dudes where like, he didn't know if he was never paying attention to you. He was just kind of like, right, right, right oh yeah okay and then like a few days later he came out and they were actually spray painted black at the time but he had made me these like they're heavy as fuck they're, they're like they're probably way about all up there there's probably a kilo and a half they're like pretty fucking chunky dice you know but um yeah he's like man I made these for you cause you know your dice game and I just remember being like did I tell you about the dice game? Was like, yeah man, the other day he told me about the dice game and I know it takes five dice so I made you these and I just remember being like, that's so fucking cool and while they're absolutely, definitely too heavy to actually play dice with I've always held on to them because how fucking cool is it that he just like made me some dice just because he worked in like a fab shop he like made me these dice so I've always kept them and now they have a fucking spot on the table so how fun for my tech deck anyway I'm just about to hit 45 minutes. This has been pulling nails out for me, uh, f- pulling teeth out for me. I hope you got some value out of this podcast and I hope that these self-doubts that I have at the moment are for nothing. I probably shouldn't have even told talk- oh my God, I tell you what I fucking hate. Man, so obviously like this is what I do now. I create content, I create podcasts, I go in front of a camera and I do all the shit. So I kind of like through the exercising of that muscle in my brain, I get good at the ability to say what I'm saying instead of like tripping over what I'm going to do. But man, I tell you what, just like everybody does this. They're like, oh, hey, like I'm, hey guys, like I'm going to, hey, I'm going I'm to be, I'm going to be like an Instagram influencer now. And I'm going to talk about, like, just shut the fuck up and talk about what you're going to talk about. Like. I didn't go in with any plan into this fucking podcast and I got 45 minutes worth of shit spoken about without breaking the fourth wall. Well, I almost did at the last fucking minute there. You know what I mean? But this bullshit of people being like, oh, hey, um, what were you thinking was going to happen when you started recording? Why are you surprised? You know, why do you think that, oh, you don't, don't tell people what you're about to do when they do it. Fucking do the thing. You know, actually, now that I say that out loud. I think I just realized I recorded a whole podcast about that. But that's how much I fucking hate it, is that I, I need to bring it up again. You know what I mean? If you're going to go record something, like nobody who gets a hell good picture and then goes to post it and puts a caption up as, I'm, I'm going to post on Instagram and be hell famous and get heaps of likes. Ha 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 ha. You. They post some sh- bullshit caption on there that kind of correlates to what they're saying. So why would you post a video where you're like, press record and then you're like adjusting to the fact that you're like about to like say something that you're recording, you know? Hey, um, I'm going to, oh, hey guys, (laughs) bro, just fucking say what you're saying. Hi, my name's Jake. I'm from Black Ink. This is the episode number 22. Thank you for joining me today. Look at how easy that was. Oh, hey, um, I'm going to be, um, I'm a, oh guys, I'm a podcaster. Hey, hey guys, my name's Jake. Welcome to pod. Hey, welcome to the Black Ink podcast. What the fuck? Pretend that you're the audience. What do you want to see? You don't want to see you babbling around. You want to fucking hear what they're saying, you know? Anyway, I got passionate about this at the wrong end of the podcast. I'm going to sign out. What I need you to do is like, share, subscribe, and be good to your mother, because I am fucking out. Yo!